Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we're back with the Deft lineup. Last week, we missed a week. We went dark. That is absolutely 100% my fault. I'm still actually getting over the effects of uh, COVID-19. This thing just kind of hangs with you, man. You can't shake it. You had it a long time ago, though. Mm, how long did it take? A couple months it? ago. Did, I, how long did it I, take I, to shake it? Yeah, I, I never I never got COVID um, up until maybe... I don't know, June or July. And it probably took me like five days to get over. And I didn't start testing negative until a full week, probably, or maybe more after I was first uh, tested positive. Yeah, I am on day eight and I still have not tested negative. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just, I just kind of feel, you know, like how, like sometimes when you get like a really bad cold and then you're like, just don't have a ton of energy. Like that's kind of how I feel right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing. So that's how I felt. Hopefully it, uh, yeah. Hopefully it passes, so I can actually do something. I actually exercise or something. All right, but um, we're gonna go dark again, unfortunately, in two weeks because I'm going to be on uh, a, a short vacation um, to the East Coast, and I won't get back until like Saturday. But I was actually kind of interested in what uh, in what you thought, Bry. What th- there's a um, there's a Lakers game is the ninth. Uh, like one one of these upcoming playoff games. I don't know if it will be the Lakers game or the Portland game or the Denver game because those are like the I think the um, the last preseason games. Not not even important preseason games, right? Like no preseason is really important. But one of these games, we'll probably see a good amount of the starting team playing together, and they'll sort of treat it like a real game. But one of these upcoming uh, preseason games would love to go live after the game just to do like a short thing with uh, with people who, who are watching to, to do. So we'll, we'll get creative with the schedule because the regular season starts in less than three weeks. How ridiculous is that? Yeah, um, it definitely like came up quick because, I mean, when did we last see them play? It's been pretty recent, you know. So, I, I understand like a lot of a lot of people are like, "Man, NBA basketball hasn't been in forever," and it's because their teams, you know, didn't 
see the postseason, but for us, yeah. it's hasn't been that long. Mm-mm. And plus, we went to um, like the game before summer league, the the, the California Classic. Like, mm-hmm. I guess that kind of feels like a little long ago, but I mean, it kind of right from the championship kind of swung back into the whole summer league thing, and then now we have that time between summer league and now, where it's kind of felt like a long time. All right, so what are we going to hit on tonight? Uh, we're going to hit on Warriors are actually in Japan right now. And as of this recording, so the people who listen to us on podcast probably won't even be able to listen to us until after they watch the Warriors tomorrow morning. The Warriors are going to tip off in like 10 hours or something like that. So uh, so that'll be, you know, that'll be pretty fun for the folks who want to stay up until three o'clock in the yeah, morning uh, on the on the West Coast. But if you're on the East Coast, you know, stay up, you wake up about six. Get the game in before you start work. That's that's not a bad thing. Uh, and uh, so we'll talk about that. Warriors in Japan. Uh, Steph and Clay taking photos and Draymond with Sugar. Is that a, a, a that's a, a BTS guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I, 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 I thought those guys are, weren't those aren't those guys Korean? Yes, they are. Okay, but I know yeah. some of them. I think some of them are Japanese. Do I'm not. I have no clue. I feel like I looked this up one time in my life, though. I don't know why I did, but I think maybe one or two of the guys are Japanese. Oh, man. I didn't yeah, know that. It's K-pop. So I didn't, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. And then we're going to talk about this NBA rank, which it happened when we were dark. So maybe I think people have stopped talking about this by now. But uh, we'll look at where the Warriors hit uh, in the NBA rank. And then we'll look at uh, Andre Iguodala. Coming back, we've been talking about this forever, and he's back. He went on, he did, he did the video version of the podcast with Evan Turner. Evan was just sitting there smiling, <laughs> look, looking looking dapper. And uh, and so Andre decided to come back, and then they did another short podcast with uh, one of the Salesforce guys, which was actually pretty interesting. And, and so he's back, so we'll talk about him, and then we'll kind of look at, you know, the contract situation we're just sort of making predictions like, you know, you, you want the ins and outs, you know, Kawakami had a uh, wrote something on Jordan pool today, how they could afford him or, or sign him. Now uh, Draymond had the quote at, at the uh, media day about how he doesn't think that he he's going to get his deal redone uh, anytime soon. And there's also Wiggins out there and, you know, Wiggins doesn't really say anything. So we have no mm-hmm. idea how he's feeling. So, all right, let's, so let's talk about the first thing, which is the Warriors in Japan. They, if you, I, I'm trying to figure out like what is the best way to find information about this. I think it's Warrior, the Warriors Twitter account, maybe. I know there's an NBA Japan Twitter account as well, but Slater's out there and he hasn't written anything. Yeah, where the I, hell is Slater? I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting this morning for like the the big opening night, you know, opening day in Japan thing, and nothing from Slater, but. I guess that's the best way to do it is just follow the the Twitter. You see, like I said, with Suga and then um, Clay and Steph took photos with uh, the 69th Yokozuna and Clay was trying to move this guy <laughs> and it did not fare well for Clay, but they look like they're having a blast like this. You know, the, this is all about the internet, internationalization, internationalization of basketball. Like five years ago, they went to China. So it's kind of a similar trip and, just expanding the game, and and so we'll get we'll get to see like the games then themselves. It's just the Warriors and the Wizards, and and the reason why the Wizards are there is because Rui Hachimura is half Japanese, 
And so they get him. And then, of course, Steph is is giant. Um, I think the Warriors jersey sponsor is Rakuten. Yeah. Well, what does Rakuten do? They're like a cashback. Uh, okay. Like, yeah, that's all I know, honestly. Never used it. Okay. So, I mean, is there anything that you've seen from the social media that has caught your eye as far as what's going on in Japan? Um, I think I've seen everything you've seen. I've seen the Steph conversation with Bradley Beal. That's about it. You know what? I should have I should have looked into... Uh, I think his name is Josh Robbins. I think he's the Wizards beat reporter for The Athletic. I haven't gone on his Twitter to see if he's been doing things, like posting things, because you know, Slater's not really giving us anything. I know, Slater, man. Tim and Tim and Marcus did a podcast already from home, and, and we still don't have anything from Slater. So good, um, too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, we'll see what happens. The game, like I said, is, is in about 10 hours, and... I'm sure we'll have some thoughts. I kind of wish we we recorded Friday instead of Thursday, but I think this was just the easiest for our schedule because uh, I, I'm int- I, I'm I'm just curious to see some of these guys. Who are you looking? Who are you keeping an eye on the most? Like, give me your top like two or three guys who you're just gonna like. Why are you watching the fourth quarter of the Warriors' first playoff game? Who are you watching? <laughs> first preseason game? Yeah, 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 first preseason. Um, probably I'm probably. Right there with TK, I want to see Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, like, I know what I'm going to get out of, like, every single person on that roster. So I, I kind of want to know what I'm not, what I don't know, which is Rollins and, and Baldwin Jr. Um, maybe maybe some... Oh, Wiseman. There you go. There's my, there's my three. I think it's still Wiseman for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we know when when they let Kuminga do Kuminga things. Like, we we've seen that. We saw that in Summer League. And not all of it is great, by the way. Huh, like, yeah, like no. JK sometimes gets in gets into his own, and it's like, nope, <laughs> that that shot's not going in. So I kind of want to see Wiseman because I imagine part of the strategy is to get Wiseman touches. Now I don't know if these touches are going to be around the basket necessarily, but as we know, when it, when it was summer league Kaminga, Wiseman wasn't getting very many touches. So I want to see if they're going to run plays to get him in space, to get him alley-oops. I want to see him defensively. I want to see him, you know, rebounding. And I, I really want to see him like, I, I, I don't, I, I think they'll probably still have Looney start, but I would love to see Wiseman with Stephen clay for how many ever minutes Stephen clay mm-hmm. are going to play. Like, let's see what Wiseman looks like with those guys. Let's see if they can find him and get him some open dunks and some alley-oops yeah. and stuff. So that's that's what I'm interested in. And I, I think uh, Rollins is interesting as well because they the, there's, like, whispers about, like, the competitiveness. And Kawakami made a comment about he feels like a Memphis Grizzlies kind of player. I don't know if he meant, like, cheap shot and GP kind of player uh, while he's in the <laughs> air. Or like a trash talking guy, like a guy with a little bit of an edge. So we'll see because that that kind of perked my ears. I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know he was one of those guys. So yeah. All right. So uh let's talk about this NBA rank. I know you you were probably following this a little bit more closely than I I was, but uh Steph makes it into the top five for the second year in a row, but he is stays in the same spot. He is number five again, just like last year. And the players that he is uh, below are at number four, Joel Embiid. At number three, Luka Doncic. At number two, Nikola Jokic. At number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
two of those guys, Steph beat him in the playoffs. I just want to make that clear. Uh, but yeah, he's sitting five. Where, where did you? What did you think about his rating? Um, didn't like it, but I kind of understand it. If this is more of a ranking based on how he will do in like the regular season, including the playoffs, then I mean, I don't think he's going to play as many games as the other guys. Uh, maybe not do as well in the regular season as the other guys because I mean, he's he's a vet. What year is he going into? Like, I'm sure he's not you know as geared up for the regular season in terms of like. 100% caring because how could you when you've done it for this many years um, but we did our ranking on the BAM I haven't released the second episode we did the first episode which was uh, we did a top 25 so we did top 20 we did 25 or 16 through 25 on the first episode and then we're doing 1 through 15 on the second one we recorded the second one Steph's number 3 on ours I fought for it because I didn't want to end up on the wrong side of history uh, so but the thing is, if you look at it from like a postseason perspective, like that's what really matters. And I mean, Steph's probably top three in that end. Uh, I think that's why we gave Number Jimmy one. Butler. Yeah, that's why we give Jimmy Butler a little bit of a bump on our list, too, because I mean, the guy shows up in the postseason. He just really is the only plays like 50 to 60 games in the regular season. So right out right after Steph was LeBron. Did did the did the LeBron uh fan base cry foul here on this ranking for LeBron. Oh, we had him at nine. Oh man. <laughs> well, okay, so you had LeBron at nine, which means ahead of LeBron were probably the five guys that were in the top five on, on the ESPN list. And then had to be Tatum. Yeah. KD. Yeah. Uh injured all of last year is the last guy. Injured all of last year. Plays on the Clippers. Oh, Kawhi. Yeah. I thought I injured all of last year. I was going to be like, wait, Zion is, is higher than LeBron? <laughs> uh, and what about Jaw? Did you have Jaw on there? I think we had Jaw. We might have had Jaw above LeBron. I don't think we did. No, I, I don't think we would have. All right. Um, yeah, I thought I, th- this stuff is kind of fun. It's mostly there just to get people talking. You know, yeah. I know uh, Jalen Brown was at number 22, and he's up five spots from the previous year. Man, not, I don't know where he should be, but he he was he was scary. I, like, that's kind of how I rank guys when, when I look at this, is how do they play against the Warriors? Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, I would have had Grant, uh, Grant Williams right outside the top 500. <laughs> but... But that's kind of how how I do. It's like, oh, like, am I scared of this guy? Like, am I scared of Ja? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, am I scared of uh, Jokic? Kind of, but not really, because he doesn't have the pieces around him to beat the Warriors. But if they do come back next year with Murray and um, Porter and Jr. and 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 you know they are healthy and they play well together and they sort of kind of get it right into gear. Then yeah, I'll be really, I'll be really scared of uh, of Jokic as well. Uh, Luca, sort of the same thing. I never thought, you know, we 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 did the whole, the whole series last year. We never thought Luca had the guys to beat the Warriors, so there wasn't really that fear. But the fear was in him, like putting the team on his back and just yeah. going like, "Let's go." I think he, I think Giannis at number one is probably right though. I think he's 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 the best player. And he's the guy who can still single-handedly take over a game, uh, you know, just to to put the team on his back and win. But it very very interesting list, and the, I know the NFL does the same thing, and they actually make it a TV show. 
Mm-hmm. And I was kind of wondering if like, why doesn't ESPN make it a TV show? They should like, you know, do, do the whole like countdown, like just like the NFL does. And they would get, I would probably watch it. Yeah. yeah they would get way more publicity just like the NFL's list. But I, I actually, the thing is, is I don't know how they do their rankings so that they may have to explain that as well. But KD went from number one all the way down to number eight. And my guy didn't do anything wrong except for ask for a trade. Except for get his butt kicked against the Boston Celtics. <laughs> He's the only guy left. Like <laughs> Kyrie played. He got swept. My God. He didn't even play that well. KD, man. KD. I think he was number seven disrespected. on our list. KD just disrespected right Number now. six, maybe? I think he was number six. Six or seven. I think, I think, I think KD's going to start writing people's names down, so you better watch out. <laughs> He's gonna come at people. Just just know, Katie, on my list, you're always in the top five. But on Bry's list, he put you on seven. All wow. right, do a top five. Do a top five off the top of your head. Okay, but my, my top five is gonna be very biased because okay, here's how I would do it. I would do I would go Giannis one. Yep. I would go Steph two. Fair. Um, I would go Luca three. You gotta go Jokic three, man. No, like, I go I go Luca three. You back know what? Back to back MVP. Yeah, but you could play centers off the floor. Like I, I, I just remember watching how frustrated he was last year, and he probably just wishes he was a guard because he's like, man, if I'm a guard, I can do all these crazy things to put the team on my back. But because I'm a center and I'm seven feet tall and I don't run very fast, it's I can't do that. That's that. But again, it's it's a biased thing because the, what this Warriors uh, since 2015 has shown us is it's it's wings, right? It's ball handlers and wings, and that's how you win championships. And so that's why I have Giannis number one because he does both. He handles the ball. He's their best wing defender. He's their I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a bucket guy. And so that's why that's why I would have him. I would have Luca ahead uh, of uh, of Jokic. I probably put Jokic like five. Um, but then who would be four? I guess KD would be four, right? Uh, yeah, that's what you said. KD had to be top five. That's the only spot left. Yeah, and I feel like no. I just feel like this is the same disrespect that Steph was getting that we were so annoyed with back to back MVP, and he's still not X. Like after all the ESPN yeah, stuff, just watching Steph, it happen. Steph, to Joker. Steph won a championship, and then. Won the most games ever in a regular season. Back to back years. I hear the criticism, but let's like if we look at that Nuggets roster that we just killed. Who if if we talk about their second best player, Aaron Gordon? Where does he face up against the Warriors? Like you'd go Jokic one or Steph one, Jokic two, and then you go Warrior, 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 all the way and down until Aaron Gordon. I think it's the teammates, and now that he has Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, still like I'd put a lot of Warriors probably before okay. them. But okay, it's here, like here. if 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 Jokic. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to him right here. I'm gonna, I hope he's listening. <laughs> if Jokic wins the title next year, I'll put him at number one. Yeah, down. but don't you want to be ahead of the curve? That's kind of <laughs> how I feel. Like <laughs> Why? I want to be ahead of the curve on this stuff. I don't want to just put him low and then he proves me wrong. I'd rather put him right and then maybe he proves. Yeah, me but right. being ahead of the curve is like saying. Cade Cunningham is going to be a top 10 player this year. Like that's no, that's, that's, curve. that's just way too ahead of the curve. That's just yeah. not going to happen, but okay. Sneaky. I know this is not a, a Denver nuggets podcast, but sneaky addition. I feel like is KCP at the two, man, three and D guy. We just watched how much Jokic kicked out to his shooters and they couldn't mm-hmm. hit a shot. KCP will hit that shot. They got Bruce Brown as well, who kind of was in a Draymond role in the Brooklyn Nets team. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's a good ad. These are two. This is a good team. I have them number one on my Western Conference rankings. Like at, at ahead of the Warriors in regular season. Regular season, yes, I have them. Just I think they they'll care about it more. Doesn't say I think they're better than the Warriors. I think they will have a better regular season because they'll. Well, you know try who the harder. Warriors play in Game Two at San Francisco. Denver, Denver Nuggets, back to back. Those are two awesome, and you know, even that Sacramento game. Uh, three games to start the season. Sacramento's always fun, at least at least in the beginning of the season, because there's always hope that they're that they figured it out, and you know, it's sort of the Mike Brown homecoming. But right out of the gate, did you see the- who was at the Sacramento Kings facility? Sugar, Barry Bonds. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he, is he friends with Mike Brown? I'm guessing it's Vivek. Vivek. Oh, Vivek. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I guess Barry Bonds also did the um the the version of the Manning cast that they do for baseball with a Rod. Uh-huh. Barry Bonds was on that, and supposedly was people really liked him. Which mm. I, thought, I yeah, Barry, Barry Bonds is a lovable guy right now. He's not the angry angry guy that all of these beat writers see in their nightmares. He's just a <laughs> lovable guy right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so yeah, but all, the opening season, Lakers, Denver, Sacramento, that'll be fun, and then they go to Phoenix in Game Four and Miami in Game Five. We're, we're nice little kickoff to the season for them. Um, so just to quickly, I'll, I'll just uh, where everyone else on the Warriors fell. Um, so the second highest Warrior, if you would have asked me, and I didn't think about it, I would have been like, oh yeah, Clay's second, but. <laughs> If I thought about it, then I'd go, wait, is Clay ahead of Wiggins? Wiggins <laughs> at number 32. Yes, sir. What do you think about that. So he is, he was right in the middle of um, so 35, 34, 33 was Cade, Marcus Smart, Kyrie Irving. And then right after Wiggins, um, so 30, 31 through 29, Chris Middleton, Pascal, Siakam, Brandon Ingram. I think that's I think that's pretty good. I, I, I would like I, I would put uh Wiggins ahead of Ingram. Um but yeah, I think I think that's around, you know, if Wiggins played a little bit more like that, uh what was the one game where he went and dunked on somebody? Was that the finals or was that, that was, the Western that was, Conference? That was Dallas. It was, Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like game four, I think. Or game three, game three. If he played like that, like a little bit more, like you, you can't play like that constantly like you you know you just can't be so ferocious like that but he could probably score a little bit better and a little bit more efficiently just by getting to the bucket yeah and you know that so but i feel like i feel like that's right i I would just want wiggins a little bit more than ingram because defend defensively like as we Mm -hmm. saw in the finals he was just so good but yeah i I like that I, i like where he was clay was 37 so right in front of clay so 36 through 34 was Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, Marcus Smart. Eh, it's, it's, should Marcus Smart be ahead of Clay? No, no. no. So Marcus sure Smart that. is, I, I have so many complaints about him as a player. But I like a lot of things about Marcus Smart, but no, he shouldn't be. And then from 30, from 40 through, uh, through 38, Zion, Scotty Barnes, and Fred Van Vliet. I feel like Zion is also going to be taking names this year. Zion and KD, they're writing names down. So I hope you guys ranked Zion okay on your 21 or 20 for for us. Okay, because he looks like he's in pretty good shape. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, Jordan Brand needs him to have a good season because they need to sell some shoes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I like that. So, Clay, yeah, I, I would have put Clay in front of Marcus Smart. But, you know, those are some young dogs in there with Mobley and Cunningham. I find it funny when they do that, though. Like, they'll, like, group, like, all the young players together. Mm-hmm. Like, Mobley and Cunningham drafted one and two. They're, like, right next to each other. Well, uh, I think Clay is someone who could potentially go up as the season progresses. Like, I mean, I think they're basing it off of the Clay who is 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 a is a sharpshooter, maybe not as much as a guard stopper, more of like a wing defender now. But if he is able to somehow like sh- do do what he did in the finals defensively, like he'd be like twenty six or twenty seven. Yeah, but you know, the, and and contracts should matter and stuff like this. Like he's like one of the highest paid players in the league, and <laughs> you know, if you're putting together a roster, yeah, you don't want Clay. With, with that contract because he's makes almost $50 million, but just player for player. I think 37 is probably a little high for my taste, but I, I understand just because he's coming off of two injuries. And now this is the year to prove himself. There you go. There's three people who are taking names. KD Zion and clay. <laughs> All right. Draymond at number 43. Uh, so right in front of Draymond for 42 through 40 would be DeJounte Murray, LaMelo Ball, and then Zion. And then right after Draymond, Darius Garland, CJ McCollum, Tyrese Maxey. He's kind of in a weird yeah. mix of players there because he is a little more one-dimensional than those guys are, but his one dimension is better than everybody else's one dimension, I feel. But uh, yeah, not you know he's he's gonna. I, I found it interesting that he was number sixteen in twenty eighteen, which is not that long ago. But uh, yeah, he's just kind of been going backwards in in these rankings for the last few years. I think people are just betting on what happened last year, where like injuries might start catching up and play effect into his defense. Um, and if there's any year, like I think I would bet on it. It's it'd probably be this year, but I I think that. You know, we've said it on this podcast before. You've said it is that it's not essentially like, you know, he's losing athleticism, but at the same time, he's playing it with like his instincts and he's he's maybe jumping a half a second before he would usually do to to just, you know, make up for that Mm -hmm. when he comes to, you know, deflecting a shot or blocking a shot or things like that. And then making his debut on this list. At number Moody? 55. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kavon may have been 101. <laughs> uh, Jordan Poole at number 55. Three players uh, ranked before him were uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Jared Allen. So those guys were 54 through 52. And then right after Poole, so 56 through 58, Robert Williams, Vucevic, and Tobias Harris, I would rather have Jordan Poole than probably all six of those guys, except for maybe Jaron Jackson Jr., just because of the possibilities of who he can become. But Jordan Poole fits very well with all those guys. You know, yeah. Robert Williams, we saw him in the playoffs. He's He was hurt, but he was, he was a awesome. menace. He was a menace at the rim. But that's really what he really what it looks like he is currently. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't see him as anything more than that. But he's he was really good and disruptive. Vucevic is more of an old school scoring big. I still don't really see how he's going to help. Uh, or um, uh, 
Chicago, uh, Chicago in that in that way, because uh, I don't know. Like uh, again, I just look at this as like how would the Warrior if Vucevic w- was playing awesomely, how would the Warriors play him? And they'd go small and they'd take him off the court, and then yep. that's how they would win. Uh, Tobias Harris, he's a little bit more of a. I think, I think people just expect more out of him than he really is, and if they valued him for actually what he does, he would probably have a little bit better of a name in the league. And uh, yeah, fo- you know, Fox. it's also because of his contract. Sure, yeah, but like we said, contract shouldn't matter in this thing. Uh, and then De'Aaron Fox, I th- I don't know, I like I like Jordan Poole better than De'Aaron Fox. I feel like that's a guy who's going to be taking names this year is De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Can De'Aaron Fox shoot the basketball? Because if he can shoot the basketball, then I'm, I'm in on him, but if he can't shoot the basketball, then what can you do? You know, it's, it's very hard to, to be a non shooting ball handler in this league. I mean, you've got to be like, like the John Moran, Derek Rose, Russell, Russell Westbrook. You got to be like an athletic freak and just dunk like, be a dunk threat like every single time you drive and his uh his three-point shooting last year was uh 29.7 which is actually lower than his career high so it's not going the correct way well okay so one thing i will say about De'Aaron fox is i have a there's actually like three kings fans in the bam um and and i've seen this a lot on on king's twitter as well there's this certain point where they say like if you look at from February after the All-Star break <laughs> to the end of the season, like it looks really good. And so, you know, that's what they've been pumping. No, I like him. like his stats from from one date to the end of the season. I like him. I just don't know. I just don't know if he can actually get to that top level because he's actually shooting less threes now than he did uh, even. Uh, no, l- less threes now than he did last year. But I interesting think- team. Probably because he, he he's not making them. So he, he, he but yeah. you know he still scored. He's he scored the ball. He scored twenty five uh, a game two years ago. Twenty three a game last year. We'll see. I'm yeah. I, I would love to see the Kings be good again. I, I have no problem with the Kings being a good basketball team. It's better. I think it's better for basketball if they have a good franchise. So, mm-hmm. all right. So that is the list here, and uh, let's take a look at somebody who we've been talking a lot about. What, what do you expect from one Andre Iguodala here? Now that he said he's coming back, he's in Japan with the team right now. He was he couldn't play t- Twinkle Twinkle Little Star on the piano. He had asked for help on that. I saw that on Twitter. Um, but what, what, are, what are we expecting from Andre? And while you do that, I'm going to pull up his uh, basketball reference page. So we, we see what uh, what he did last year but as far as like minutes as far as how much he plays what are you looking at oh man i think i'm looking at i'm i'm not necessarily looking at minutes i thought that kawakami said on the pod he was like you know who would i rather have guarding paul george is it Andre Godalo, or I forgot the other player he said, or maybe he was just saying he'd rather have Godalo guard Paul George. There's like a play that like forever will stick in my mind last year when they were playing the Clippers. And Paul George did the most simple in and out ever. And I think Godalo's body was just like not working with him and Godalo fell. And I was like, oh man, like are we really about to see like, see, see one of the Warriors legends that I've watched growing up just like deteriorate in front of my eyes. And then, you know, he probably went and missed 30 games after that. I think what happened, but 
I don't know if I if I trust Igadala to be put on your best player now. I think he's like I think he's just a help defender because he's you know he could still do that and his IQ is really good. But you know when it comes to minutes, I don't really know. I don't think there's a consistent minutes thing out there for him because I, I genuinely think it's going to be the same tale as last year unless they like make it like a really low minutes per game because think they could play him and then he's out and then they play him again and then he's out. So I I would personally like to see. I don't know, more of like a ramp up instead of instead of just throwing him into the fold, throwing him into the fire right away. So he averaged in the 31 games, he averaged just under 20 minutes a game, which is his yeah, that's too much. second lowest ever in his career. The I think it was the bubble season. He averaged uh, 19. He, he averaged also just under 20, but a little bit more. I think. The thing that, like, you know, yeah, he should play less. And he even said it, right? He said to Kaminga and Moody, if you see me on the court, then that means, like, something y'all did wrong, possibly. The thing that he needs to do, and and I know this is... I We haven't seen it consistently since the 2016-17 the uh, season. He just needs to hit the corner three. 36.2% on 2.3 takes in 16-17. Since then, 28.2%, 33.3%, 29.8%, 33 and last year, 23% from three-point land. I think he if he can shoot that a little bit more effectively, then his 15 minutes... If if that's if that's the thing, you know, uh, maybe like uh, six minutes uh, to to end the the half, and then you know, in, in the fourth quarter, he plays like five or six minutes, so maybe even less than fifteen. Maybe it's like twelve. Mm-hmm. But if he's only shooting twenty three percent from three, I don't even know if he sees fifteen minutes a game because they just have alternate guys to go in. Like who, if Andre's shooting twenty three percent from three three point land. Wouldn't you just rather give those minutes to Moody because you know Moody needs to to get those takes up and he needs to be able to hit these big shots and probably can shoot 35% in his sleep from that area. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for Andre. The other thing is uh his overall field goal percentage has just crashed these last two years. 38% last year, 38.3% in his uh, second Miami year. So he's not shooting it confidently. He's mm-hmm. probably not shooting it that much because he knows that he's not a great shooter at this point. So I hope that, uh, you know, if he, he can be out there, let's get back to the mid thirties range as far as shooting the three. Cause then he then he can play. Cause like you said, the defense stuff and, and, and he's a spot guy, but you want him to be a good spot guy. You don't want him to be a, a spot guy where, uh, you know, the, the Jalen Rose thing open for a reason. You know, I, I would hate to see that. So he was last year. I feel like the thing about those three pointers that you said his percentage was low. Like I, I genuinely feel like in those thirty games plus the playoffs, I could probably remember each Andre Iguodala three point shot. I just felt like he didn't took them. I'd be interested to know the totals of that that last season because it's got to be. I don't. I don't think it's anything above like fifty to sixty. I think that might even be high. You know. So yeah. I mean, with like I don't want to say it. Because I don't think he'll be that, but like, 
you know, I'm, I don't even know if I should say it, but the Udonis Haslam thing where it's like he's really just there to to pump up uh, the team. Um, with Iguodala, I'm more looking at him to... Like, I, I think we said on this podcast, like, I just wouldn't feel... I don't know how I feel about JK unless unless Iguodala's there. Like, I feel yeah. like Iguodala really does help Kaminga. And you look at some of the sideline stuff that he did in the playoffs where he's like, he's really talking to Wiggins. Like, you, it kind of felt like stop getting in your own head or, or stop being, in, you know... Whatever Iguodala's words just weigh heavy. They yeah. weigh heavier than because he's it's it's easy to relate to as a player, um, and a player that's done it at the highest level. So I, I think that as much as we don't want to give him the the Udonis label, like he'd be better at what Udonis's role is than Udonis. So I, I do expect him to play though, like you said, maybe ten to twelve minutes a game. Like I think that's fine. But what TK said about the PG stuff, like I just still can't get that that exact play like right when he said Paul George is like I literally remember this exact play that happened so who's guarding Paul in George. and out it's Wiggins, Wiggs or Kaminga yeah yeah I think Wig. I think it's gotta be Wiggs well who guards Kawhi then who guards Kawhi yeah. Clay no I think Clay's got a card PG then yeah I, I I think they need to I mean Kaminga was really showing us some stuff how we kept saying like you know like he was guarding DeMar DeRozan when the Bulls were hot he he went and had a couple of plays on KD like this guy can, I feel like he really could be um, uh, what they used to do with Clay, uh, where it's like just go guard the best yeah, player. Like yeah. we can't teach you this help defense stuff. I, that's Kaminga. Like just go guard the best guy, and he'll do fine. Yeah. No, I think that. I think I think that's what what we're hoping for. And no, don't sleep on Moses Moody and make him have to start writing a list here. That was your <laughs> that was your guy in the playoffs it was all about getting moody on the court when is moody he's gonna, gonna play? play more than kaminga too like he's going to play more i'm really confident on that that moody is going to have a rotation spot like a consistent rotation spot i think kaminga's got to fight his way in it like he did last year yeah all right let's uh end this by talking about predictions do you think i'm just gonna ask you flat out do the warriors sign jordan Poole to a new contract when they come back from Japan or will this thing linger all the way through to next season? And then he's going to be a restricted free agent. I hope it doesn't linger because it's easy. I, again, MT and Kawakami said it or Slater on the podcast. It's like, well, the Warriors will just like, if that happens, it'll linger and then they'll immediately match whatever like Orlando throws at him. Right. But we just saw what happened with the Deandre Ayton situation. Like he doesn't look happy at all. Yeah. So I just hope it doesn't linger for that fact. I, w- I want to know why, like, why isn't Wiggins like almost number one when it comes to extension? Isn't he unrestricted? Like, I'd want to get him locked up. I feel like he's going to have a lot of suitors. Like you said, the wings are like the most important. He's a two way wing. That's like, like everyone's dying for that. Like, I, I, I'm sure there's so many teams that are looking for for a guy like Wiggins. I'd be more interested on seeing the contract extension for Wiggs, being that he's unrestricted, being that the Warriors can't match that in the offseason. Okay, so here here's why I think that they're willing to let the Wiggins thing go to and, and maybe they are maybe they aren't maybe he's number two or maybe he's maybe they feel like pool is not you know they're not sure and, and pool kind of wants to wait and see though if you're Jordan pool and you want to play that wait and see game you're kind of reliant on Steve Kerr playing you right and not to yeah. say that the Warriors would specifically lower his minutes to pull down his value. I don't, that's that's not what it is at all. But I would just like my mind. I'm not sure I would be trusting uh, of everything. You know, just thinking 
that oh you know that they they i'm betting on myself and yet it's not like i can say how many minutes i get so but the, the going back to the wiggins thing i think the reason is because they they've sort of created their team with the idea that they may not need him now then last year he goes crazy and has a, a great playoffs and is now actually more valuable to them than ever before but if you drafted moody and you drafted kuminga uh, as possibilities of guys who can maybe replace wiggins down the line I think you're less worried about losing him and and they should be worried about losing him by the way, but you're a little bit less worried about losing him. than you are worried about losing Jordan pool because that's, that's a ball handler scorer. And those are yeah, yeah, yeah. like you, you don't have any of them like, like name guys in the NBA who handle the basketball and who get buckets when you need buckets uh, as guards. It's like, and can play me, you know, yeah, yeah, and can play my game. You know, Ja, obviously, you know, Ja's the up-and-coming guy. But they, you know, they probably see Jordan Poole as maybe not the replacement for Steph, but as the guy who can just kind of slide in as Steph gets older and and take take over and such. So I, that's why I think that they, they rank Poole a little bit more highly in that structure. But look, Wiggins proved himself, so... Uh, I, I just don't know if they could. Can, can you give Wiggins a raise? I don't know what because his value, uh, his base. So he, when he signed his deal in 2018, his base salary was 25 million, and then every year it went up by about two million. Mm-hmm. So this year he's playing at 33, and you know that's a, that's a good number for for him. I think if he if he wants to sign another long term deal. I don't know if that average, the average probably doesn't quite get to 33, but it may get to the, you know, 30, 31 range. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what he wants to do, though. Maybe he's like, hey, man, I want to be my own guy. Well, look, can I can I be my own guy again after being drafted to be his own guy in Minnesota? And then now being like such a glue guy, maybe he maybe he does want to be his own guy again. We'll see. But I I would hope I would hope not. But I would hope he's a little bit smart. But I think um, the Warriors, uh, I, I kind of hope they don't have the mindset that you just said they might have, because I feel like they might have the mindset of Wiggins likes it here. We reformed his career. He kind of likes not being the guy. He's fine with being a two or a three guy. He'll come back to us. If, if we wait it out to unrestricted free agency and we give him a contract, he'll come back to us. I feel like that might be their mindset. I don't know if that's the right mindset either, though. And so here's why Draymond probably is not going to get his deal done and why he understands this. He's not even a free agent until after next year. So you could take care of the pool and Wiggins thing, and then we can figure out when this money, when, when the cap goes up again, and then worry about Draymond. You know, he's an unrestricted free agent after the 23-24 season, not after the 22-23 season. Do you know when the new TV deal is? Is it 2024 or 2025? Because I know that matters um, because I've heard contracts are going to be like astronomical. So I feel like it would be pretty good to get a lot of these done for multiple, multiple years. And then say pool signs a 25 to a $30 million per deal per year. I, I think it's the deal. 24, 25 season is when they would renew. Yeah. 
I'm just interested, like, because I've never paid attention to basketball this closely when a new TV deal hits. So I'm interested on what a player like Jordan Poole, say 25 to $30 million per year, five years, what that looks like in a new TV deal. Is that like $45 million a year for five years? Like, does it really jump that much? Yeah, we'd have to see it how it affects the salary cap. Um, I think this happened in the 16 season. Yeah, it was the KD year. That's why we were able to get him, right? Cal- salary cap spike in 2016. I think like that, like there was a thing where I don't. I, this may have been a players' union thing where they they call it cap smoothing. Like so, you can actually set the escalators where the cap just kind of gradually goes up. But I think the players voted for like a spike where it just all went up for like the one season. Um. And I'm just reading this uh, Tim Bontemps thing that that he wrote. I probably can't find out exactly what the decision was, but search for it. It's the 2016 salary cap spike. And I think it was like the players could vote on how this money came into effect um, because it just it shot up and it allowed the Warriors to sign KD. So, yeah, that's it's kind of the. That's it's it's a big moment for uh, for basketball history the way that it affected everything. Yeah. All right, so uh, we are done with this episode of the Death Lineup. We'll be back next week, but we're gonna miss the following week. And then by the time we come back, it's already like the season is is starting. So that's gonna be a blast. And uh, like I said, I'd like to do some like live thoughts, like immediate hot takes after games this season if we can. If we can, you know, do do that uh, every once and again. You can't do it a lot because is uh, all eighty two coined yet? <laughs> can we, we? Yeah, we should figure out a way. This the death lineup. Uh, yeah, so, some some thirty fun, at eighty two. Yeah, some fun, <laughs> fun name, fun recap. Uh, I guess we can't call it uh, Spotify Live either. So, yeah. Um. All right. So we'll be back next week uh, for Bry. Oh, actually, you know what? I didn't ask you. Give us an update on what's happening with the BAM. Uh, kind of said in the beginning, but we're having our top 25, 1 through 15 come out uh, sometime this week. We already recorded it. I got to put it out. Um, we are having a guest on, maybe two next week, from The Uh-oh. Athletic. Kelly Eco does. Oh, the, I know uh, that. The yep, does Rockets. Raptors? Oh, ra- Rockets. Ro- Rockets. Yeah, you're right. You're Rockets. Right. And then Tony Jones does the Jazz. Nice. So for The Athletic. So those two. For sure, Kelly. Potentially, who got in the DMs? That's always me, man. I thought it was Obi. Uh, Obi did Krasinski, yeah, but like Obi did one. Obi's one for one. He just did Krasinski <laughs> and just stopped. I've done, I'm probably like three for like seventy. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, we need to get James Edwards though. I emailed him. We'll see. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun one to get because I think he covers the team in a like there's a new school of sort of beat writers, right? Like Anthony Slater, he covers a team so obsessively for the fan base that I think like Anthony Slater is like the perfect beat writer. If you could put a beat writer together, it's Anthony Slater. And I see a lot of younger guys like that. Uh, actually, I don't know how old James, James Edward is, but just the, the style of his writing, the way he talks, like I could sort of tell, you know, he's probably younger than me. So I think he's um, in his thirties. Yeah. So Maybe low 30s. It, it, there, there's a, a nice little angle for the beat writers now. Cause the audience, the basketball audience is, is young that that's why 
it, you know, I think it's the one of the youngest sports audiences for the the, the big four sports and and uh, yeah, those guys can relate. So that would be a cool one to get. I, I would be interested. Yeah. To see and I and I really like Slater because I genuinely feel like he's not a fan of my team. <laughs> so I I kind of like that like non biased perspective from him sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, James Edwards I think grew up in Michigan though. Good, Good old Detroit, Slate. So. Come on, yeah. Slate, get a, give us something to read about Warriors in Japan. Sheesh the hell are you doing up there it's just a free vacation (laughs) all right so uh yeah we'll be back next week so for brian i'm double gc when we see you peace out